So, Mark, you've seen it? The Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi series? Yeah, yeah, it's how I you have it. it. No, I haven't seen it. Bro, it's so bad. It's is so it? bad. And um, part I think most of the issue is the villain in there because she just is way over the top, like evil, way over the top evil. And her entire storyline is she's a youngling spoilers. She's a youngling um, in the Jedi temple. And then Anakin comes in and stat like kills everyone and stabs her. And so because of that, she has a pathological need like to, I guess, help Anakin and chase down the Jedi and because he stabbed him or because he stabbed her. Yeah, dude. And so it didn't, why would you help him at all? <laughs> and what's well, Mark? What's no, Mark, I, what do you I, think? I, I, understood, Mark- I understood that part different. Like she, her goal was to eliminate Darth Vader as like vengeance for the younglings that he killed. So she was trying to get closer to him. And that's why she wanted that number one spot. Getting closer to him by like going through and killing. Yeah, she, people she was and- justifying doing the things she was doing so that she could be, she could find herself in a position to be able to exterminate Darth Vader. I don't know, man. Mark's a pretty big star Wars nerd. So I would, uh, I would believe what's coming out of his Well, I, I believe, I believe what you're saying, Mark, I still think it's a terrible, terrible TV show. And it did I'm not, not it's great. Now I did like a couple episodes, especially like when uh Darth Vader and Obi-Wan fought like that, that stuff was all cool. But yeah, the, cool. the storyline of it wasn't great. Well, with that, welcome everybody to Round the Campfire episode eight. I am Ty. Today we got John. Say what's up, John. Hello, everyone. And we got Mark. Were you guys, if you remember, if you've been following the episodes, Mark uh, taught us what to do if we're di- driving drunk and we get pulled over. Some really practical stuff. How's it going, Mark? Pretty good. I've even run that by other people that were like DUI experts, and they all said what I said. So I know it's good info. <laughs> Let's just There you go. <laughs> there you go, people. You now know it's legit info. Um, so we're just talking about Star Wars uh, when the mics heated up. One random thing. Mark, do you, was that you when we were at Hume Lake and you were like snapping those towels? Oh, Wasn't that yeah. you that like snapped a bottle cap off something? Yeah. Yeah, I snapped. I, I cracked a bottle cap. But one of my great accomplishments was uh, hitting a bottle cap. Like we were up at the top of the hill by the cabin. Yeah. And I we would snap it and make the bottle cap go flying all the way down, like see as far as we could get it down the hill. We got it pretty far. Dude, I remember being terrified of uh <laughs> what is that called? The towel snapping? There's an actual word for it, right? Uh I don't remember. Dude, I remember being so terrified of you. Like if, <laughs> if we got out of line at all, uh you would start threatening it. You're like, dude, I'll whip you. And it was just like, okay, please no. <laughs> yeah, I got way too good at it. And I, I, who did I hit that I gave somebody a well that, and it, they were bleeding. I think it was Tom. And I think that was like when I stopped. <laughs> I felt bad. <laughs> I felt bad with that one. I was like, okay, this is too far. My powers have gotten too I've strong. Got, I've gotten too powerful. Well, you hit them until they bled. Dude, like I, I, I whipped him. It was just like a normal, you know, towel whip, but I had it down so good. And, and yeah, it ripped his skin and he was bleeding. And uh, Jeez, I was dude. like, all right, that's no more. <laughs> this isn't fun. You really got a force <laughs> behind that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they would snap so loud. It was so <laughs> terrifying. Oh, man. Well, anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Mark, you're, are you on the bomb squad now with your yeah. department? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, the agency I work at is one of a handful in California that get to have a bomb squad. So that was one of the things that kind of drew me to this agency to begin with. So are you dedicated or is it, um, 
like you're just normal patrol and then if something happens they call you up and it's like all right let's go do it yeah it's a collateral assignment so my primary assignment could be like right now it's patrol and then some of the guys on the team are in like investigations as detectives and some of them are on like joint task forces and then would get pulled if we had a call out or you know something something scheduled it's it's our most it's our most utilized special unit at our agency it gets used a lot by other police departments that don't have their own um they contract with us to come out and help so there's actually a lot of need because whenever i hear of bomb squad i'm like yeah how often are they actually being used though dude and then you would how be many times of the times you are used is it an actual like explosive um so a lot of the things we do especially in the cities that i work um people come they find a lot of old um military ordinances and stuff so they'll like buy a property or somebody will pass away they'll inherit it and they'll start going through it and they'll find like old hand grenades from like world war one and stuff like that and they don't know what to do with it so they'll call the police and then and then we'll come out and we have to figure out if it's live or not and sometimes they're like they're not in good condition where they've been like leaking stuff or the fluids have crystallized meaning like even the smallest movement could set that thing off um so we get a lot of those a lot and then we get in our more rural areas um a lot of people as a hobby like to make explosives out here and uh they'll make like they'll try to make their own fireworks and they'll grind their own powders and mix their own stuff and then they'll usually end up blowing themselves up one way or another um we had one guy last year that blew up his entire garage um hamburger hamburger meated his hands Jeez. And his his mom, who's like super elderly, was sitting in the house, like blew out all the windows and, you know, the door frames and stuff got all curved from it. So it was like a very, it was potent. But did you, uh, we, we get quite a bit of those. Did um, you see the um, that LAPD one, the bomb squad truck that just blew up? Yeah, I looked, I not only did I see it, but I, uh, we we went to like the debrief for it. So like the after action report that came out over it. Um, yeah, that was a mess. And there were just so many things that they overlooked. And just like when, when you're dealing with explosives, you can't just like eyeball it, you know, and be like, <laughs> ah, it seems like enough. So what they were using is, uh, they were loading all these fireworks that they were confiscating into uh, this machine called a TCV. It's a total containment vessel and it's supposed to be able to withstand a blast, but only up to a certain pressure and weight. And they put just way too much in that. And, and they had like four different bomb techs there that were like, yeah, yeah, you're probably good. You know? (laughs) And there's like, there's like a whole like, calculation you have to do it's it's super technical you so they were just uh i mean they just got kind of lazy i guess or i don't know if lazy is the right word but they're just so used to it and 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 they they confiscated just thousands of pounds in that one day itself so i think they were just taking some shortcuts for those of you listening we're gonna try and get video eventually once i move out to texas do yourself a favor. If you haven't actually seen that, just look up that video. That was a massive explosion. It was insane. It was pretty cool to watch. <laughs> I feel yeah, bad it was, for the neighbors. I mean, it's fortunate that people weren't seriously killed from it. Um, and Because, I mean, some of the pieces of that TCV launched, like, blocks away. Didn't it blow up like and, a car and, uh, right next to it too? Mm-hmm. Like a couple cars got blown up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were find, finding fragmentation uh, hundreds of feet away. And it was like heavy metals. 
LA's finest. So are you guys going out a lot? And like, do you guys have something like that? Or how do you dispose of like, let's say someone has a World War One or World War Two grenade that you guys find? It's not crystallized yet. Like you can move it a little bit. How do you guys dispose of them? Yeah, so we we do that all the time. And so that's like, that's pretty much our easiest call. It's super straightforward. You don't have to overthink it. But anyway, we have uh, we have access to so many different tools. So typically what we'll do when we go to something like that is we try and get if whoever is calling it, if they got some photographs, we'll get some pictures of it um, to try and, and get some look at it. But at some point we're going to have to go in and take a look. But we do as much as we can, like buy the book. Um, so you would have to suit up in the big old astronaut looking bomb suit that you guys have probably all seen. Yeah. Um, it's like a million and a half degrees in that thing. And like, I, we just had to, we have, we have to do training days, uh, at least 30 hours a month. So that comes out to about three Wednesdays a month. We do 10 hour, 10 hours of overtime training. Um, cause that's a, a federal mandate, but, I had to do it. It was like my day for them to run me through scenarios. So I had to put the suit on, don the whole suit and then respond to these scenarios or these calls that they came up with and try to deal with the problem. But anyway, the thing is, is not easy to maneuver around in. Um, but we would go inside, we would take a look at it. Um, we would x-ray it. Oh, wow. And we have like, we have our agency. We have, about five different x-rays that like portable x-rays that we could use. Um, so we'll take an x-ray of it and then we will go back to our truck where we have all of our equipment, like, and cause it's a big, almost like a bus. And we go in there, we look at what we scanned so that we could see the inside of it and determine if it's emptied or hollow or if it has powder in it. Um, if it does have powder in it, then we have to destroy it. So we'll choose a way to transport it to a safe place. And so we have, again, a bunch of different options for that. So you could, we have these, uh, for something like a grenade, we have these bags that are really heavy duty with all this Velcro and stuff um, that would be able to transport something like that safely if it wasn't like on the verge of exploding. Then we could be pretty confident that it would it would be able to uh, safely transport it. Um, and then we also do have one of those TCVs I was talking about. Yeah. Um, so we, we could put it in that if we wanted to, but often what we end up doing is a lot of the, uh, the residences that we go to for this, they have enough property. So what we'll end up doing is we'll dig a hole in their yard and then we'll have the city bring like, you know, a couple hundred sandbags and we'll make a little sandbag igloo. We'll have the grenade inside that. And then we, we create a, uh, another explosive that we call a counter charge. That's going to destroy it. Gotcha. So that's typically, and actually if you go on our agency's, uh, Instagram tie, um, you'll see a video that we did recently. We went out to a house in, uh, in Campbell and did just that built a little igloo out of sandbags and then you'll see like the counter charge we made um it just levels all the igloos like all the sandbags are just gone after so it's pretty cool i think i found the uh oh yeah there's like a tank looking thing you guys have Oh, that was, uh, somebody had stolen that thing. That was like a... What? Uh, yeah, somebody stole, it was a... Uh, it's a tank. <laughs> <laughs> it's a... Uh, what did they call it? All-terrain vehicle is what they're yeah, saying. All terrain. Eight yeah, all-terrain. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh my gosh, that's pretty cool. So do you guys use the robots and stuff to go in and oh, look yeah. at bombs? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we just did a... Uh, we recently did a joint... Uh, mission with like there was like four other agencies involved um, a couple counties over and it was this big high profile they're serving this big search warrant and arrest warrant with a bunch of these gang members on multiple houses and so they asked for us to come out to stand by in case they came across any explosives because oftentimes they do um, and uh, 
they actually used after they like breached the doors on those rooms. We had our robot go in to check the rooms um, and take a look around. So it's like that's a super safe way of being able to to scope it out. We're work. We don't have drones yet. We're working on getting drones. We have to get a lot of different permissions for that. And our 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 county in specific is very uh very concerned about like having changing the surveillance policy at all. They, they want minimal surveillance. So it's been really, really difficult to try and get some of that extra equipment. Okay. So if you were in that bomb suit and like a world war two grenade goes off, like you're looking at it and it blows up, you're good, right? It's yeah. Not like the that. only thing I'd have to worry about is like fragmentation. Cause my hands are exposed maybe a little bit around like my ankles maybe, but yeah, the, yeah. the explosion itself, I'd be, I'd be fine. I was actually about to ask about that. So that bomb suit, I'm, I'm assuming you had just don't have gloves. Yeah. When you're dealing um, with it, okay. So it de- that also depends on the type of explosive you're dealing with. Um, but if you like, if you're concerned about static, then you're going to wear anti-static gloves. Um, but yeah, for the most part, we're not usually wearing gloves when we're in that thing. And what's the what's the stuff that crystallizes? Because I know my dad had that. I think it was a half stick or a quarter stick of dynamite, uh, just sitting in our garage for all those years. And he was like, "Be careful! I think it's starting to leak nitro or something." So it hadn't crystallized. It was starting to leak, though. Like, what is that? Um. So usually that kind of explosives it, it happens with TNT. Okay. Um, I'm not. I can't remember the actual chemical name for it, but I have seen it. I've I've had to melt down TNT. I've seen it in its liquid form. I've seen it when it's crystallized, and yeah, it's uh, it's just super sensitive when it gets to that point. Well, and you so said you melt ever, TNT. Yeah, so that's um, like going back. I wanted uh, I wanted the agency I work for because I just thought like, man, that would be a really cool thing to do. I don't have any history with explosives. Um, but I just thought it was something really cool. You know, I try to get into it and they, uh, hold on. My dog's being annoying. Get out of here. For those of you wondering those, the sounds of like claws scratching (laughs) and little kids yelling. That's Mark's family. That's the full house I have here. Yeah. All right, took care of that. Sorry about that. It's um, all good. So they, I get to go to all these different trainings, um, just constantly because there's there's so many technical aspects of dealing with explosives. There's so many different kinds of explosives. There's you have to do like a little bit of electronic engineering. You have to do you have to know mechanical engineering. You have to know chemistry. Um, so they're constantly sending us to classes. And one of the ones that I went to uh, more recently was a homemade explosives class. And during it, they had us uh, make explosives from homemade materials. And that was a lot of the chemistry portion where you're having to like, you're basically given like a recipe and you got to make it. And it's so it's, it's a little nerve wracking because as you're making it, they're like, okay, now you have to keep it stirring here because if it settles, then it's going to heat up and then this is going to happen. And then also you need to keep it within, it's got to be within 15 degrees Celsius and 35 degrees Celsius. So you have like an ice bucket and you're, you know, as you're mixing it, the thing you see, like the temperature is going up fast and then you oh, have to dunk it, dunk it in the ice bucket to start cooling it down again bring it back down to that low number and then pull it back out, start making it cause it can't go below 15 degrees Celsius. So it, that part was a little nerve wracking. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Um, but dude, I made an explosive and it worked great. Um, but one of the things we had to do was we melted down. We had, uh, these big chunks of TNT and we, just heated it up and melted it down um, using like obviously things that aren't going to cause static or that kind of friction. Uh, So mostly wood, Um, but you're heating it up in like a, 
a metal saucepan that can withstand the heat and at the same time using like a wooden spoon or something to mix it. And it took a long time, but yeah, we got it down to a liquid form and then we, uh, we casted it into a mold and I'll send you guys a pictures uh, so you can kind of see of some of the stuff that we were making from it. And it's, it's pretty crazy. I saw Um, that video from your department's website with the, the sandbag igloo. Yeah. That worked really well. Oh, dude, it works great. And so that that's another part of it. When when you have an explosive and then you're going to dispose of it that way, you have to come up with the, the counter charge that you're going to use. And so for that one, uh, we just wrapped um, 50 grain debt cord around it, just kind of coiled it up around the grenade. Um, and that was big enough to just not only level the sandbags, but there was nothing left of the grenade. It was gone. So the 50, what was that 50 grain debt cord? It's just explosive Mm -hmm. cord. Yeah. It's just a cord loaded with um, explosive powder. Okay. Did you hear, um, I think in mission division in LA, I was driving around the ambulance. This was a while ago. um, And the whole, street area was shut down in front of the uh, station, the police station there. Cause apparently I asked Ethan and he goes, Oh, there was a helicopter and everything he goes, Oh, someone brought like a bag of grenades to the station. <laughs> like the same thing you're talking about where they're just like, I found these. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We get, dude, we get it a lot. And so most of the time, like, at our agency, most people will call when they, they've like been digging in their backyard and they found like a bag full of the, like the World War II stick grenades. See, that's so strange to me that it's that common out there to be Dude, finding I, this I know. And I don't know the reasoning behind it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a not thing. Like it's we a get it a lot. You know? Yeah. It's very strange. And those are stick grenades too. Those are the enemy grenades. How'd they, mm-hmm. like, who like just grabbed all those in Germany and then took them back and was like, I guess I'll bury these for a rainy day. <laughs> right. Just hang on to these ones. Yeah. So dude, like with a lot of those, if it's something that's inert or it's been hollowed or whatever, then we'll try to, uh, we'll let the, the owner, you know, kind of decide what they want to do with it, but we'll try to, bring it back to our, our bomb shed and put it on our little trophy case. Um, Cause all that stuff's cool to collect. Like we had one that was, it was a world war one hand grenade. It was like a, like an egg size. And we didn't have one like that. We haven't uh, collected one like that before. And so there was like this big dispute between like the senior bomb guys about whether to blow it up or to take it back. And, the, Keep it. Well, the commander of the team was like, "We don't know any. Like, we don't. We haven't ever had to deal with this. We don't know anything about it. We can't tell if it's inert or not. And so we're just gonna blow it up. And that's usually the answer. Is okay if you don't know. Yeah, blow it up. We call it bipping. You bip it. You bip it. <laughs> yeah. And you could see from that video, it just makes a bip sound, dude. You just bip. Yeah, it literally was like poof. And like sandbags were flying everywhere. So you bip it. That's pretty cool. So is that most of the stuff is people just finding grenades and ordnance or is it like people blowing their hands off trying to think of like create fireworks or. Yeah. A lot of it is people trying to create fireworks. Um, Every once in a while uh, we'll get some of the criminal stuff where threats will come in and we'll do a search warrant on the house and they'll have bomb making material. But that's not that's not very common up here. Can you share that's, some of the quote unquote bomb making materials? And you said you had like recipes. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's wise. Is it hard to do? No. So it's pretty no, simple. It, it, it's so simple. Could I but it's, right now, without going to like loaves or anything, just make something from what's in my house? Uh, most likely, yeah. Yeah, oh, that and, would be and, like chemical. So it's not it's not um it's not difficult, but you do you would need to know how to do it because it's not just like okay, if I mix these two things right now, then it would make this. You would have to break down 
a mixed chemical that you have to get a certain element out of it that you need to make your explosive. Gotcha. And that so would either have a take like, yeah. So like for instance, on that homemade explosives class I went to recently, it was, we had to um, separate one of the elements from a chemical we had and then we got it into a powder form, let it dry out, and then we were able to mix it with our other chemical that we needed to make this uh, super uh, very sensitive explosive called PETN. And, dude, that stuff, you only need a little bit, and it makes a big boom. How much is a little bit? Uh, I'd Like a quarter-sized and it would be like really not, not not okay so picture like like a rifle a shell casing loaded with that stuff would definitely if you were holding it your hand is gone in most of your arm and probably parts of your face depending on where you're holding it wow and is that pretty hard to make no that's what we made there oh Send me the recipe a little later. <laughs> uh, no, are, I would never do that. <laughs> what are most people making fireworks out of? Just gunpowder? Or like, what are they doing? Are they taking other fireworks and pulling explosives out of them and combining them? Yeah, so the, the fireworks are super easy to make. You would just need... I mean, you could do it with black powder and then put some, like, aluminum shavings in there. And then they would use, like... a you know, like a toilet roll or something and then just close off the two ends of it and put something to light it sticking out and be that simple. And then the aluminum shavings would give some nice color to it. Oh, interesting. I sent you a picture of that. Uh, so yeah, what is that? It looks like a, that is a full chunk of TNT that I casted it into an owl molding. I could put that on the shelf at Bed Bath and Beyond, and nobody would know that it's a stick of TNT. It looks like, yeah, like a candle wax, like really nice looking owl. Or how about made. this donut, dude? I had to like make sure none of the cops I was working with were going to try and take a bite out of it. So since everyone's <laughs> listening, that's about the size of an apple. How big of a boom is that? Uh, so we were when we set that one off. Oh my gosh, it does look like a donut. It's freaking Krispy Kreme donut. It looks delicious, right? (laughs) And that's TNT? Yeah, that was TNT. This one I'm going to show you. This was after we had cast the uh, the PETN we made. Um, So after I'd put it into a little flour mold and put some blue dye in there just to make it look fancy. So that little bit of PETN, dude, that would blow. You'd be dead if it went off while you were holding it. You'd be dead for sure. That was that was tiny. That's just a little flower. For those listening, yeah. it's just a flower. Yeah, and it's on like it's sitting on like a normal sized like lunch tray. And that so it's would just kill me. Zoomed in. Yeah, that would kill you. That is tiny. That's like. How would you com- What would you compare that to? That sits in the palm of your hand easy. Maybe like a ping pong ball. Oh my gosh. It's like Um, grown up arts and crafts. You guys are just having fun. Dude, that's what it felt like. And and oftentimes when questions would come up, because we would test um, how these would explode, right? And so we would try different, like wrapping it or containing it a certain way. Um, And when it didn't blow up the way we kind of liked, where it wasn't like where you didn't, you know, we're hundreds of yards away from it when we're setting it off. And when you you don't feel the pressure of it enough, then you're like, man, that didn't go the way I wanted. Maybe if I put these, you know, little pockets in it to create a little more, a little bit more air pockets, it would have a little more space to do it, you know? And so we would, when we would uh, ask those kind of questions, the instructor would be like, huh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Let's try it out. <laughs> and dude, my instru- the instructor for this course, the guy had three fingers on one hand. 
And I'm like, this oh, guy no knows way. what he's talking about. He's been playing with explosives since he was like eight years old. And wow. he's been he's been working with all kinds of different government tr- contracts, um, teaching different bomb techs and stuff. But yeah, so the guy obviously knows what he's talking about. But he'd be like, hmm, yeah, you know, that's a good question. I think that would probably resolve. But hey, let's try it out. It's like ninety nine percent time. That's the reaction. Literally, it sounds like a blast. Yeah. No pun intended. Pun, I actually did not mean intended. To no, I didn't oh, actually no. intend that. I was just like, wow, that sounds fun. Dude, that's my go-to answer when people are like, dude, so how are things <laughs> on the bomb squad? I'm like, oh, man, it's a blast every time. Such a dad it's joke. Super corny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it works every time. So um, go so ahead, John. Ty, the, uh, the dynamite, I think I was certainly under the impression, I think a lot of people are, that if you light dynamite, like it would explode and not melt. So how how does that actually explode? Um, so dynamite, and or this TNT, was the that different. This yeah, TNT. The this was the really interesting thing um, that I was learning about that day, and that was things like TNT and and C four. C four is a plastic explosive. C four it takes a lot of energy to make it go off. So you you would need when I talk about counter charges like to get rid of grenades, um, you would need a small boom. We call it, we would say you need a bang to make the boom. So you would need something really high energy, or just a smaller form of it, an explosive that would go off to set off the TNT. Um, TNT is not super sensitive in the state that you're used to seeing it in. Now, like I said, when it's, when it's crystallized or it's leaking, that changes it. Um, but when it's in its commercial state, it takes a pretty powerful high energy, um, movement to make it go off. And what makes it crystallize? I don't remember to be honest. I don't, I don't remember what the breakdown is from where it's sitting. It could be, it, it depends on the, the place it's been sitting at. If there's like a lot of moisture, if it's been rained on, if it's been impacted by, by weather, then it's going to cause it to, to break down a little bit. So what you're saying is if you had an intact piece of dynamite or TNT, is it the same thing? TNT dynamite, same thing, right? It's yeah, pretty much the same compound. So if you had a, a stick of that and it wasn't leaking, no crystallized, if you just picked it up, put it over your head and dropped it on the ground next to your feet, you'd be comfortable with that? It's that stable? Yeah, it wouldn't go off. Because even, so the PETN I was talking about that we made, I put, like, we taped the PT, PETN to the dynamite mm. and and set it off, and it still did not make some of the dynamite explode. It just fragmented it, but... Part of that is because like some of those pictures I was showing you, like that owl or like I made this really big like dog casting and it was just too big and too dense to where it, it didn't set off. It just fragmented. Oh, so the little uh, the little bang just sort of fractured it everywhere and didn't make it go boom. Yeah, and because the bang was PETN and so PETN is going to explode everything around there anyway. It just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough concentrated energy to set off the TNT. So what we ended up doing is um, put a like our those shell casings I was talking about. We put the PETN in, inside of that, and then taped that all off. And then we stuck it in the middle of these other dense TNT objects that we had wrapped all together. And in that condition, it was enough to make them all go off. How many people do you think are out there that can, that are like in the know of like PETN? Like, how many bad actors do you think are out there? Do you guys deal with that at all? Uh, so that's dealt with more on a federal level. Now we we have dealt with them because our agency we have a we're on a joint it's a joint terrorism task force. And so they investigate all these guys that do that. And actually, I remember one 
in specific, back from when I was working in the jails, um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. It was so strange because I'd never really been exposed to that before. But anyway, he comes in and they made him like immediately made him maximum security. And then they went even a step further, which they never really do, where they're like, hey, we need to inventory his cell every day. He's not allowed access to chemicals and cleaning supplies. <laughs> like, And I'm like, whoa. And so I'm looking at this guy's charges and it's like he had threatened a senator and had the stuff to back it up with. And so he had all, he was making all these explosives in his house. And so when he first came in, they didn't limit all that stuff yet. He first came in and then he started trying to assemble explosives in his cell with the cleaning supplies he had access to. And so when they figured that out, then they're like, okay, we need to inventory his cell every day. This guy's an um, evil genius. Was, yeah, dude, he was just this little nerdy, skinny dude. And, you know, he was actually, like, nice enough to us. He was just crazy. Um, but to answer your question, it's not often. Um, but there are, I mean, like, there's anarchist, like, cookbooks that yeah, have all this in that. it that are, they're, those are easy to get. And they're not inaccurate, but they're also like flagged. You know, you go, you go buy one and someone's probably going to come knocking on your door. So you don't want to go buy one of those on Amazon and then also get a bunch of fertilizer. <laughs> then it's like, or like stump remover. Yeah. <laughs> What's stump remover? Is that like poison or like, uh, it's actually one of the chemicals in PETN. Like if, if we, when we go into a house, cause sometimes we'll get called out to where it's kind of like when you have a house that's being used to make drugs. Yeah. There's also houses where people will be using that to make explosives and then they sell it to bad guys. Um, what? so we've come across that. Yeah. But are, who are Is those that really that high of a demand? Yeah. Who's buying that? Um, I haven't been on that end of the investigation, but yeah, gangs will be buying it for sure. Um, but it's usually in the more uh, metropolitan areas where those are being sold. That's so, so how weird. often like do you get a call that's actually someone that planted a bomb or an explosive of some kind? S- super rare, like maybe maybe once a year. Now we've gotten like suspicious packages delivered because we have a lot of tech companies in this area. And so we have had like suspicious packages that have had chemicals in them um, that we've had to break down and save, like save as much as we can. Cause when you have something like that, where it's criminal and it's somebody like really trying to do some damage on people, you try to save as much as you can. We have to, break it so that it doesn't work the way it's functioned to, but we also try to preserve as much as we can at the same time. And uh, to kind of give you an example of that was we had a, we did this really big joint training with a few different agencies and they gave us a scenario where it was a briefcase loaded with explosives inside of a car, like in the driver's seat. So not only did we have to like get access and get into the car safely, but we had to disrupt the briefcase to expose the large, very large pipe bomb that was inside. Um, and then we would want to, we have to vent the pipe bomb because you want to shoot one end of it off or crack it or break it open because if it's vented, then it's not going to be effective. The thing that makes it effective is the pressure when it's contained. So we'll usually shoot things like that with, uh, we use water shots. So dude, we actually use, that's a whole nother topic, but we use water shots a ton because water is not going to set most things off. And so at a high velocity, it can penetrate all sorts of objects. Like we, we would use it, we'd put a like a shotgun round. It's one of our, one of our tools is called a pan and it's basically like a 
portable shotgun on a stand. And we would load a shotgun round into that, fill it up with water, and then it would shoot it out at a high velocity where just be it would be just a column of water coming out and it penetrates whatever object we need. And then once it penetrates and it's starting to slow down, it expands. So it'll just shred everything inside of it. So we use it a ton. Um, and so that's how we use the robot to break into the car to get the door open so we could access a briefcase. And then we used a, a water charge. It's called a hydrojet. And um, we put it like right near the briefcase. And so that was like, that was our big debate. Like, okay, what, what size water bottle should we use? How much water? So we'll use a bottle of water. It'll have some C4 in it. And then we'll detonate that. And that'll, that just tears everything in the area apart. Interesting. Um, so one guy showed us this bottle that we had never used before. And <laughs> we were like, that seems like it would do a lot of damage. He's like, oh, this will do it. You know, like this will do it for sure. <laughs> and probably and then some, you know. And so we go, we put it right next to that briefcase. And again, it was like in the front seat of the car. And we set this thing off. Dude, not only did we lose all of our evidence that we would have needed, but <laughs> the entire front seat was just decimated. And I have a picture of that. I'll, I'll send it to you guys so you can kind of see. And again, this was just water with like a little tiny dollop of C4 in it. We, do, we call it a booger because it's just a tiny little <laughs> you have glob. have names for everything. We do, <laughs> dude. We, it was just a little tiny glob of C4 inside this thing. Um, now, while you're sending that, um, mm-hmm. I had a, so I'm not trying to like um, make the situation like light or anything like that. I'm not trying to give anyone like ideas, just my own curiosity. So the Boston bombings, you're aware of those, right, Mark? Mm-hmm. They used, did they use pressure cooker bombs? That was my understanding of it. And I what haven't is, seen like a full debrief on that. What is a pressure cooker bomb? Like the anatomy of it? Or I just don't. Are you pressure cooker and bomb don't seem to like fit together. Like I know they put like ball bearings and nails and stuff in it for shrapnel, but like why do people use pressure cookers? Um, dude, so all it's it's basically just a really big pipe bomb it's still contained you can load more fragmentation up into it and it would just do more damage that's really the only difference okay it's still so it have the explosive in it it's just it, it can send off a lot more projectiles that are gonna just tear through people so it's just essentially a container for shrapnel yeah but the bomb is inside of it yeah the explosives and and you're gonna be able to obviously fit more explosives into that than some of these smaller pipe bombs. Gotcha. And then in your experience, is it the shrapnel or the shockwave that takes limbs off uh, or kills people? Um, most of the time, it's the shrapnel. I'd say the majority of the time, it's the shrapnel. Because for it to do like the shockwave damage, where it messes up with your insides, that's what we can't really be too protected against in that suit. So if you have something that's going to be traveling, it's going to put off pressure of more than 1,800 square feet per second. You're going to be dead. You can be in that suit if you want, but you're still going to die. Gotcha. Um, And it doesn't, it really doesn't take a lot to get to that level. Um, And that, that's another factor that we think about when we're like, you know, when you're going to go contact an explosive, you're like, okay, I know that this is in it. If you if there's things you know about it to where you can dissect it a little bit, then you're going to be like, okay, well, even if I'm in the suit, that thing's going to kill me. So I'd rather be able to maneuver and be able to get, like, move around the way I need to move around to handle this thing. So okay. we may not wear the suit to contact it. Do people get in trouble for dry ice bombs anymore? Because I know people would always be like, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, you could get in trouble for it. 
Um, it also it kind of depends on. I know people that have been charged with the chemical explosive and that's what the dry ice bomb would be. There's a chemical explosive charge and kids have been charged with it. But dude, usually when the police get involved in those kind of things, it's usually because they've already kind of blown themselves up and are like melting or something. Oh, nice. Their skin's all like totally (laughs) warped and they're like, okay, now you're going to jail. Like, come on, man. This kid's done. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that is it is criminal. It can be, uh, it can be a charge for playing with those. But, and last childish question, and then we'll let you, uh, if you want to add anything else. But I had a knack for tying weights to dry ice bombs and throwing them in like local pools. And like mm-hmm. watching, like, if I was yeah. in that pool when that thing went off, could that hurt me because of the pressure differences? I I don't think it would. I mean, it it depends on how close you are to it, but no, I don't think it would. In okay, that, in that environment. All right. I oh, here's the picture tomorrow. I was thinking of. <laughs> I'm jumping in with it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this Let's was see. just a. Uh, I want to say like a 60 milliliter water bottle on a suitcase that everything, this car we just bought from the junkyard. It was totally intact. It was completely normal, just a junk car. And we set that one charge off in it of water. And that's how it resulted. Complete destruction. Yeah. For people who can see this picture, the entire driver's side seat, is all burnt up and destroyed. And notice you don't see a suitcase in there anymore. It's oh, yeah. just gone. It's, it's totally a complete gone. disaster. And you can kind of see the seat next to it isn't disturbed too much. It's just got fragmentation and stuff on it. But the seat it was on, gone. Wow. I love explosives, And, and again, that was, just, that was just a bottle of water with a little bit of C4. It's so interesting the way that water reacts with these explosives. And like we do this one thing with like backpacks. If we want to tear into a backpack, we'll put a water bottle with a little bit of little dab of C4 on like both sides of it. <laughs> we got a name for that too, actually. It's called ear muffing. <laughs> um, and you just put a bottle on both sides, like kind of where, you know, the zipper line is. Yeah. And when it goes off, the backpack will be completely shredded open and you'll have access to whatever you need to get inside of it. That's so freaking cool. Um, once we get video, Mark, start recording some of this stuff. And then once we get video, I want to have you back on. So people listening, hopefully they'll be watching at that point can actually see this stuff. Cause a, that donut looks delicious. <laughs> B. I made that one, dude. I was really proud of it. B. It that looks so owl shiny and glazed. Looks just like a little piece of art you would buy, like an old lady would have in her house. That's just insane. So, so look at that same charge. I sent you another picture, and you could see how it made the roof balloon. Whoa! And everything behind it, just yeah, that was all just from that pressure and the containment of the vehicle. If the windows are up and things like that, it's going to make that even more like cause more energy to come out. That's wild. Mark, did you want to add anything else in the other stories or anything while we wrap this up? Um, let me think. Any That's, other stories? The I whole just, roof of the car is like, like in dinosaur movies when dinosaurs like step on top of a car, but it's the opposite. <laughs> it's like blown yeah. upward. Yeah. Just from about 60 milliliters of water. Wow. Uh, so the only other thing maybe I could talk about, and I, I'd have, dude, I have a lot of pictures and videos of this already that I could share with you guys. But um, another class I went to that was a lot more the electronic engineering portion of it. Um, dude, a lot of this stuff I'm still learning a ton about. I've, I've only been on this squad for a year, and there's just like information overload. Um, and so they sent me to a course that was the electronics portion of it. And dude, it was just 
I had to look around like, am I in the right place? I do not know what this guy is talking about. You know, he's got all these different components and these breadboards and put this wire in here and over here and over here. Dude, by the third day, they had me making an explosive, my, my project, basically, my final project to finish the course. I had to make a timed explosive that was rigged to a car and it had to be able to activate in at least three different ways. And so what I ended up doing is I rigged an explosion, well, an explosive that had a timer on it, right? And it had to have a two minute delay. And so you had to create the circuit that this is going to be on the chip. You had to make all of that. You had to put all the components where they're supposed to go so that it would effectively had a two minute delay. And then if the car alarm went off, which I could do from like my, you know, key fob, it -hmm. would detonate. If the pressure in the car changed, like by opening a door, it would detonate. And then the third spot I had at reg two was the dome light. If the dome light turned on, it would detonate. That's insane. Dude, I I still, I kept the, uh, we got to keep everything we made. So I kept all the components. I still have my chip and everything that I rigged to this car alarm. It's really, really cool. I just have never imagined I'd be doing this. You know, I was, I was not as, I was not as a kid. Like, I want to be a bomb technician. It was just, oh, dude, this agency has that. That would be really neat. And then I started talking to the guys on the team, and here I am. So, it's just, it's so interesting. There's so much information. Um, there's always something new, and like. Every single one of our training days is a blast. We literally get to go blow stuff up and get paid for it. Um, I just really, really enjoy it. Well, there you go. Don't cross Mark because then he'll attach that thing <laughs> into your car and then you're dead. Oh, my oh, yeah. gosh. That's wild. John, you got anything else? I got nothing else. Well, everybody, uh, thank you for listening, Mark. Thank you for coming in. Um, Thanks for having me. Next week, guys, uh, we he still has yet to say yes. We're talking. Uh, we got a comedian from down here in L.A., so we're going to be shifting gears a little bit, talking about some other stuff. Hopefully, we can have him on. I look forward to it. Everybody, thanks for joining us around the campfire, and have a good night. All right. Good night, everyone.